0: And welcome back to the second ever edition of the Matt Madness Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Ron Paschery. Uh, The reason I decided to do another one of these, uh, obviously anybody who follows the Philadelphia 76ers knows we just had a very eventful two weeks uh, that we just put behind us. Um, I got a lot of feedback on the last one, some people who enjoyed it some people who maybe were already familiar with a lot of the basics and wanted some more detail. So I don't have 102-degree fever this time, so I have the energy and the brain power to dig a little bit deeper. So this will be a deeper dive into the process. I'm going to discuss uh, what Sam Hinkey inherited, uh, what he left behind, kind of go over everything he did while he was here. I'm going to get to the truth about the reign of the Colangelos, And what they left behind and some of the PR nightmares they put us as Sixers fans through. And I'm also going to get into a little bit of what Danny Ainge did during the Colangelo reign, just to see how well he did keeping up with our rivals up in Boston. And then if there's enough time at the end, not that I have a time limit, but maybe get into a little bit of conjecture about what is next for the Philadelphia 76ers. So with that being said... May 14th, 2013, Sam Hickey was hired out of Houston to the Philadelphia 76ers. He inherited a 34-win team that had traded for Andrew Bynum the previous year. Uh, They did not have a 2014 first-round draft pick. They did not have a 2017 first-round draft pick. And that trade left the roster pretty bare. So the roster... That, that Sam Hinky inherited consisted of Drew Holiday, who was a good player and still is, Evan Turner, who wasn't a good player and still isn't, Thaddeus Young, who was a fine player, I guess, and still is fine, Spencer Hawes, who sucked, uh, LaVoy Allen, who sucked, Kwame Brown, who I don't even have to say what he was, Jason Richardson, who was injured, Arnett Moultrie, who most people probably never heard of unless you were really invested in this team. And going into that draft, they owned their first-round pick, which was 11th. They owned their own second-round pick and the Pelicans' second-round pick. Um, that roster that I just mentioned was accomplishing nothing. A lot of people kind of felt like, why don't they build around these guys? There was nothing really to build around. They weren't good. Um, they're, they topped out at being mediocre. If everyone on that team had a career season, they may have won 43 or 44 games and gotten eliminated in the first round of the playoffs, unless they just so happened to be playing a Chicago Bulls team that lost their two best players in the playoffs. Um, but they didn't even do that with this team. They still had Andre Iguodala at that time. Um but anyway, this roster was going to do nothing. It was kind of perfect timing for this plan by Sam Hinkie because LeBron was right in the middle of his dominant reign over the Eastern Conference. Uh, they weren't going to go anywhere. They didn't have a chance to overcome any team that LeBron James played for. And just for like an example, look at what the Toronto Raptors just did. They've been great for the last three or four seasons They had the coach of the year this year, Dwayne Casey, and they fired him because they can't get past LeBron James. They're not a bad team, but they weren't good enough to overcome the best player in the league. Some people would argue greatest player of all time. These years were made expendable by the fact that LeBron James resided in the Eastern Conference. Nobody really had a reason to try to overtake him because they clearly were not going to be able to do it. So Sam Hinkie came into this situation at a time where wins and losses were not really going to matter. So what he turned the roster he inherited into, as I mentioned, Drew Holiday, Evan Turner, Lavoy Allen, Thaddeus Young, Spencer Hawes, a bunch of nobodies. After that, um, he turned that roster into Nerlens Noel, who was the number six pick in the 2013 draft. He. Dario Saric, he added, Jeremy Grant. They got their 2017 first-round draft pick back. They acquired Miami's 2015 top-10 protected first-round pick, which ultimately conveyed in 2016 as the 24th pick. A lot of people might forget it looked like that pick was going to convey as the 11th or 12th pick, but Miami tanked at the end of the season, fell to the 10th spot. And were able to keep the pick, which kept the Sixers from getting an extra pick in 2015. They acquired the 2015 Oklahoma City top 18 protected first round pick, which I believe they finished 17 that year, just maybe like a game out of 19th or a game and a half or two games out of 19th. So that one almost conveyed as a pretty high pick in 2015, ultimately that conveyed in 2016, as the number 26 pick. Um, so they were inches away from having, I believe, they could have They ended up with the third pick in 2015. They could have also ended up with 11 or 12 and 19 or 20 on top of it. Um, they also acquired a pick swap in the first round with the Sacramento Kings in 2016 and 17. That swap actually did occur in 2017 They acquired the 2019 unprotected Sacramento first-round pick, which for the last few years has been considered one of the most beneficial assets in the entire NBA. And they acquired the New York Knicks second-round picks in 2018, 2019, 2020, and 2021 in a variety of moves, which we will get to. But (laughs) Sam Hickey managed to get every second-round pick from the New York, New York Knicks between 2018 and 2021. As we all know, the Knicks have been perennially bad. So that is, theoretically, they're going to be second-round picks that are almost an extension of the first round To the 38th pick uh, in this year's draft, or maybe 39, I don't remember. They have Brooklyn in New York this year. Um, th- and that's not... Every move he made acquired those things. That is literally just the the players who were on the roster when he inherited it. So a, a group of underwhelming players. That is what he turned that group into. Now, hopefully you'll bear with me. I know some maniacs will love to hear every one of these. Some people may tune out. You you may want to fast forward at a certain point. Um, but I'm going to list every single trade that Sam Hinkie made in the two years and 11 months he was the Sixers general manager. So let's start 2013-14 season at the 2013 draft. Sam Hinkie traded Drew Holiday and Pierre Jackson, who was drafted 42nd, for New Orleans Noel and a New- the New Orleans Pelicans' 2014 top 10 protected pick. Uh, that New Orleans pick eventually turned into the number 10 pick in the 2014 draft, and they drafted Alfred Payton with that pick. They ultimately turned that into Dario Saric and their own 2017 first-round pick back. So Drew Holiday, who the next season only played 34 games, the season after that only played 40 games, and Pierre Jackson, who I don't believe ever played a minute in the NBA outside of Summer League, they turned those guys into Nerlens Noel, Dario Saric and the 2017 the Sixers 2017 first round pick. Uh Sam Hinkie then traded a protected 2014 second round pick which was so heavily protected it never conveyed uh, for Tony Roten who unfortunately suffered a knee injury. I thought he was a promising player when they acquired him. He was actually younger than Michael Carter Williams, who they would draft at number 11 in this draft. Um, unfortunately, I believe the injuries kept him from reaching his full potential, but I thought he was an exciting player that had some promise to maybe be something. Uh, they traded a another 2014 protected second-round pick that never conveyed, so they kept that second-round pick for Eric Maynard, and the Pelicans' 2015 second-round pick, which ultimately turned into the number 47 pick in 2015, who the Sixers drafted Arturas Gudaitis, who became one half of what the Sixers traded to Sacramento for the two pick swaps and the 2019 unprotected first-round pick. They also got the 39th pick in the 2016 draft, uh, they traded that as one of two second round picks traded for Ish Smith. Uh, that was the, actually the last move Sam Hinkey ever made before leaving the team. Uh, Spencer Hawes was traded by Hinkey uh, for Earl Clark, Henry Sims, uh, Cleveland's 2014 second round pick, which turned into the 39th pick, which turned into Jeremy Grant and they acquired Memphis's, 2014 second round pick. It was number 52. Turned into the rights to Vasiljev Mychich, who never came over to the NBA. They actually still have his rights. I don't believe we'll ever see him as a Sixer in a Sixers uniform. But for anyone who is familiar with the famed Sixers podcast, the, right, the rights to Ricky Sanchez. Maybe someday a podcast will be named after the rights to Vasiljev Um Jeremy Grant was still here when Sam Hinkie left and was valuable enough that Brian Colangelo was able to trade him for a 2020 first round pick, top 20 protected and a second round pick in 2020. We'll get to that uh, a little bit later. Uh, Hinky also traded Evan Turner at the trade deadline that year and LaVoy Allen together to the Indiana Pacers for Danny Granger, who was an expiring contract And the Golden State 2015 second-round pick ultimately conveyed as the number 60 pick. The Sixers drafted Luka Mitrovic, and Luka Mitrovic was the other half of the Sacramento trade where two second-rounders who never played a minute in the NBA were traded to Sacramento for Carl Landry, Jason Thompson, the right to swap first-round picks with Sacramento in 2016 and 17 and the 2019 unprotected first-round pick for the Kings, as well as Nick Stauskas, who was the number 8 pick the previous year. So one of the great steals of the last decade in NBA trades. And then the last uh, acquisition of that season was another protected second-round pick, which never conveyed for Byron Mullins, who... Was awful. Played a few games here at the end of the 2013-14 season. Uh, and just to go over again, what the Sixers traded from the roster inherited by Sam Hinckley. Uh Drew Holiday, who played a total of 74 games combined over the next two years. So he would have only helped the team in a very limited way. And all that would have done is given them a worse draft pick. Uh, traded... Spencer Hawes, who went on to average over the next two seasons that Sam Hinkie was with the Sixers, six points and four rebounds a game, was out of the league before the 2017 season even started. Evan Turner, his following two years in Boston, averaged ten points a game, 44% shooting from the field, an abysmal 26% from three-point range, and Lavoy Allen. Over the next two years, played 18 minutes per game, averaged five points per game, also out of the league before the 2017 season started. Uh, the 2014-15 season, as I said, at the 2014 draft, Hinky drafted Alfred Payton with, I believe, the belief that Orlando coveted that player to be their point guard of the future. So they took Alfred Payton. Managed to kind of hold him ransom to the Orlando Magic for the number 12 pick, which, as I said, turned into Dario Saric. Uh, Orlando's 2015 second round pick, which ended up being the number 35 pick the next season. And they reacquired their own 2017 first round draft pick that was sent away in the Andrew Bynum trade. Um, before the season started, I believe it was in August. Of 2014, Hinky traded Thaddeus Young, uh, who was a fine player. I'm not going to say he's not a pretty good player, but he's not a game changer. He's not a cornerstone. They traded him for Miami's 2015 and 16 top 10 protected pick, which, as I said, conveyed in 2016 as the number 24 overall pick, uh, which turned into Timotei Lawau cabareau Drafted by Brian Colangelo, not Sam Hinkie. They also acquired in that trade Luke Baumute and Alexei Shved. Ultimately, Alexei Shved was traded for Ronnie Toryoff, Sergei Lashuk, and Houston's 2015 second-round pick, which ended up being the 58th overall pick. Uh, Sergei Lashuk was ultimately traded for a guy named Chenk Akiole who I assume no one has heard of, who was then traded to Denver for JaVale McGee. In that JaVale McGee trade, the Sixers acquired a, they actually acquired the number 26 pick in the 2016 draft from Oklahoma City. So again, I'll have more details on that trade when we get to it. This is the most ridiculous thread of events. It's almost impossible to tie them all together because there are so many strands. Uh, but then they traded a 2015 second rounder, heavily protected, again, never conveyed. So notice a lot of these trades, the Sixers or Sam Hinky specifically, are trading picks that they never actually relinquish and then still get assets in return. So for this pick that never conveyed, they acquired Keith Bogans and the Cleveland Cavaliers 2018 second round pick. Uh, they then traded the right-to-swap second-round picks between Cleveland and Brooklyn uh, in the trade for Brandon Davies. Uh, again, we will get to that one. Sam Hinkie traded Casper Ware, who never played another minute in the NBA after he left the Sixers to the Nets, for Marquise Teague, uh, brother of Jeff Teague, and Brooklyn's 2019 second-round pick. Hickey then traded Arnett Moultrie, who, again, never played another minute in the NBA after he left the Sixers, for Travis Outlaw and the Knicks' 2019 second-round pick. The aforementioned Brandon Davies was traded, who only played 44 minutes after he left here in the NBA. They acquired the right to swap 2018 second-rounders between Cleveland and Brooklyn. They acquired point guard Jorge Gutierrez. Uh, Andre Kirilenko, who never played here, Gutierrez never did either, and they also acquired Brooklyn's 2020 second-round pick. Um, so for Brandon Davies, a guy who was only who only had trade value because he got to play for the process Sixers, they acquired a higher second-round pick this year, which is either 38 or 39 from Brooklyn and a, a second-rounder from Brooklyn in 2020. Um, it is the 38th pick. They then traded Alexei Shved for Ronnie Torioff, Sergey Lashuk, and Houston's 2015 second-rounder, who ultimately became JP Tokido, who never played. Um, they then traded Chank Akiol for JaVale McGee, Chuchu Maduwabum. And Oklahoma City's 2015 top 18 protected pick, uh, which conveyed in 2016 as the 26th pick, and Brian Colangelo used that selection to draft Furkan Korkmaz, who has yet to make an impact with the team, although that was expected at the time because he was a young European player who wasn't ready to play, obviously suffered injuries to his foot this year, and we're obviously hoping for good things from him in the future. Uh, and then the last two deals of the 2014-15 season one of the more con- well two of the more controversial trades in the Sam Hinkie era first one being Michael Carter Williams who was the 11th pick the year before traded in a three-team deal between i believe Milwaukee and Phoenix where the Sixers acquired the Lakers 2015 top 5 protected pick It was top three protected in 2016 and 17, and then unprotected this year in 2018. That pick, as we all know, conveyed this year as the number 10 pick in the draft. And again, the luck for the Lakers to finish top three in both 2016 and 17, the Sixers were an eyelash away from possibly having a number four or number five pick each of the last two years. Um, and then the other one, K.J. McDaniels, who infamously signed the one-year deal instead of the four-year deal that Sam Hinkie preferred as a rookie. They traded K.J. McDaniels to Houston for Isaiah Cannon and a 2015 second-round pick, which became the 37th pick, which became Rashawn Holmes, who is still on the team and hopefully will be a significant contributor this year and in the future, obviously remains to be seen. Um, the last year Sam Hinkie was in charge, 2015, not nearly as much activity as the first two years. Um, he traded the Orlando second round pick that was acquired in the Dario Saric trade. Uh, number 35, they drafted Willie Hernan Gomez. He was traded to the Knicks for the Knicks 2020 and 2021 second round picks. Uh, this is when the Ridiculous Sacramento trade was made, Arturis Gudaitis, Luka Mitrovic, to the Sacramento Kings for Nick Stauskas, Jason Thompson, Carl Landry, the right to swap first round picks in 2016 and 17, and the 2019 unprotected Sacramento Kings pick, and again, the picks would swap in 2017, the Sixers jumped from 5 to 3 in 2017, and Brian Colangelo used that in the trade to, dra- to trade up for number one in draft Markel Fultz. And the last trade of the Sam Hinkie era was the Denver 2016 second-round pick and the Sixers' own 2017 second-round pick for Ish Smith in the middle of the fervor that everyone had for them acquiring a real point guard. Um Ish Smith uh, has gone on to have a fairly decent career after the Sixers, and I don't know if he would have had that career if not for the playing time he got with the Sixers in both 2014 and 2015. Um, So just to go over real quick kind of the broader looks at this, we just got into all the specifics of the trades. It's kind of hard to follow because there's so many, and so many of the pieces got traded in different trades. So when Sam Hinkie took over the Sixers, their drafts for the next eight years, they only had six first-round picks and nine second-round picks, so 15 picks total. Uh, in the two years and 11 months Sam Hinkie was here, his dealings netted the Sixers over eight drafts, 14 first-round picks, two pick swaps with Sacramento on top of the 14 first-rounders, and 20 second-round picks, a lot of them in the 30s, which, as I said, are an extension of the first round anyway. Now, unfortunately for Sam, he only got to head up the team for three of these drafts, and in those three drafts, he picked 6-11 and 11 in 2013, He picked three and twelve in 2014, and then number three again in 2015. And in those three drafts, he used, I believe, eleven second-round picks. So, who did Sam Hinkie draft with these five lottery picks in three years? He drafted Michael Carter-Williams, Nerlens Noel, Joel Embiid, Dario Saric. Uh, he actually got back the 2017 first-round pick that they lost in the Bynum trade, and he drafted Jaleel Okafor. Uh, what those five picks ended up becoming for Sam Hinkie were Nerlens Noel, Joel Embiid, Dario Saric, Jaleel Okafor, and the 2018 Lakers pick, which now conveyed as number 10. Pretty good assets. Obviously Nerlens Noel... And Jaleel Okafor haven't blossomed the way many people thought they would have. I never thought Jaleel Okafor would blossom. I never wanted him in the first place. To me, that is the worst move Sam Hinkie ever made was drafting him. I still believe he was put in a position by ownership that that was who he had to draft. Um, but I don't think that's a bad... Turnout For five lottery picks is Joel Embiid, Dario Saric, and this Lakers pick that they're using this year. Um, the 11 second round picks, he drafted Arsalan Kazemi, who never played. KJ McDaniels, who, as I said, they traded to Houston during his rookie year. Jeremy Grant. Uh, Pierre Jackson, Vasilya Maicic, Jordan McRae, who I believe won a ring with Cleveland uh, in his second or third season. I don't think he's in the league anymore. Corey Jefferson, Rashawn Holmes, who's still on the team, Arturis Gudaitis and Luka Mitrovic, who both were traded to Sacramento, and J.P. Tokoto, who never came over. But what those 11 second-round picks came into—and keep in mind, you don't expect second-round picks to actually turn into something— Those are sheerly a lottery ticket. It's pure luck, for the most part, if those turn out. And those 11 second-round picks turned into Rashawn Holmes, who is fairly likely to be the backup center this year. Jeremy Grant, who, as I said, was valuable enough for Brian Colangelo to trade him to Oklahoma City for a 2020 first-round pick, top 20 protected, and a 2020 second-round pick. Uh, the rights to Vasilya Maicic, which may or may not ever turn into anything, and those second-round picks also contributed to or became the two Sacramento pick swaps and the 2019 Sacramento un- unprotected first-round pick. So total assets acquired from Sam Hinkie's three drafts in charge of the Sixers netted him Joel Embiid, Dario Saric, Nerlens Noel, Jaleel Okafor, Rashawn Holmes, Jeremy Grant, Nick Stauskis, Vasilije Micic, their own 2017 first round pick back the 2018 Lakers first round pick which conveyed at number 10, the Sacramento swaps in 16 and 17 and the 2019 unprotected Sacramento pick. So obviously the Sixers don't still all have those assets, but that was every asset he acquired when he was here and what the team still owned when he left. So that's for three seasons. I don't know how anybody could argue that that is not a significant number of acquisitions and a a high level of talent to have acquired. Not to mention that them being bad all those years eventually led to the Sixers winning the 2016 lottery which was the right to draft Ben Simmons. Um, and then a little further, I'm going to list everything that was left to the Colangelos by Sam Hinckley. Uh Joel Embiid, Dario Saric, Robert Covington, who I know a lot of people hate. But I think there's a thing in Philadelphia where people feel like if you're not a, an all-star, it means you suck. And that's just not the case. No team, except for in the 50s when there were like eight teams, is trotting out an all-star level player at every position. The only team close is Golden State, and that is an anomaly. So Robert Covington ideally is your fourth or fifth best starter. And what he is, is a wing wing player who is a 3 and D guy. He's supposed to be able to shoot threes and play defense. And Robert Covington, despite what anyone wants to think about him, what anyone wants to say about him, he was first-team NBA All-Defense this year, and I believe he was 11th in the league in three-point field goals made. And look this up on Basketball Reference. In his four years in the league, so Robert Covington's first year was the, I believe, 2014-15 season, so he's played four years. In those four years, he's one of three players in the NBA to make 153s in a season, uh, rack up 100 steals, and block 60 shots in a season. The only two other players over these last four years to do that are James Harden and Danny Green. So James Harden, MVP of the league this year in all likelihood, and Danny Green, key contributor to uh, a San Antonio Spurs championship team. So Robert Covington, for a guy who was basically just signed out of the D-League by the Sixers, has turned into an incredibly valuable player, valuable enough that Brian Colangelo actually signed him to a four-year extension this year. Uh, T.J. McConnell, uh, who is a pretty good backup point guard, a guy everyone was clamoring to have in the starting lineup in the playoffs. Uh, Nerlens Noel, Jalil Okafor. Rashawn Holmes, Jeremy Grant, Nick Stauskas, Kendall Marshall, who was valuable enough for Colangelo to trade him for two second-round picks after Hinky left, Hollis Thompson, the rights to Vasilya Maicic, uh, the 2016 number 1 overall pick, Miami's 2016 first-rounder at 24, Oklahoma City's 2016 first-rounder at 26, their own 2017 first-round pick, That was number five and swapped to number three. Uh, The 2018 Lakers pick, Sacramento's, the the right to swap 2016 and 2017 with Sacramento, uh, which ultimately did. The 2019 Sacramento unprotected pick, which was traded to the Celtics. uh, Their own 2018 first rounder, I'm sorry, their own 2018 Brooklyn's 2018 and the Knicks' 2018 second round picks which are 38, 39, and 56 in this year's draft. Uh, their own second-round pick and second-round picks from Sacramento and the Knicks in 2019. Uh, their own second-round pick, the Knicks and Brooklyn, second-round pick in 2020, and their own second-round pick in 2021, as well as the New York Knicks' second-round pick in 2021. That is everything that was left to the Colangelos by Sam Hinkie. Unfortunately for Sam the two most important players out of that were Joel Embiid and Dario Saric, who didn't suit up for a game until after Sam was already out of town. Um, But I don't think anyone would deny that by the time those two guys got on the court, everybody who was doubtful about those two guys had to concede that the team was going to be pretty good or at least a lot better with those two guys a part of it. Um, In addition to all that, Players like Dwayne Dedman uh, ended up having a legitimate NBA career because of the minutes he got to play here. Luke Baamute, I believe, shot more three-pointers in his one season here than he did in his previous six or seven seasons combined before he got here, which led to him developing a three-point shot, which led to him becoming a more valuable player, and he was a key rotation player for the Houston Rockets, who had the best record in the league this year. Ish Smith, as I mentioned earlier, got to shine with the Sixers, and it earned him a pretty decent amount of money in the league going forward. Uh, Tim Frazier got some exposure here, which led to him actually acquiring an NBA contract. Jeremy Grant became a contributor for Oklahoma City. Uh, Sam Hinkie, in one of the most classy moves. Uh, Pierre Jackson, who got injured for the Sixers in Summer League, uh, had a, a season-ending injury. Hinkie actually signed him to a guaranteed contract for the year, even though he wouldn't play, to allow him to rehab and take care of his injury. And then countless other players who went undrafted or drafted in the second round got NBA minutes who never would have otherwise. Now, in late 2015, the NBA and Adam Silver forced Jerry Colangelo into the Sixers organization to try to, quote-unquote, save face because the Sixers were a PA nightmare. Uh, ultimately, Jerry Colangelo was getting in Sam Hinkie's way, which led to Sam leaving the team, and Jerry just hired his son to be the GM. Uh, there was no interview process. There was no due diligence. They just hired a mediocre GM because he was the son of this guy who was put uh, in a prominent position within the team. Um, so that leads us to 2016 with the Colangelo's at the helm, mostly Brian. Uh, So what was left over the next, I guess, six years, between 2016 and 2021, for Brian Colangelo? Over six drafts, he inherited nine first-rounders, which included the Lakers pick and the Sacramento pick, as well as the two pick swaps in addition to nine first-rounders, and 11 second-round picks. Colangelo turned those picks into just eight first-rounders. Um, the Los Angeles Lakers pick and the two pick swaps, he traded the Sacramento pick, which is unfortunate because, as I said, it's a very it was a very valuable asset. And he actually acquired two extra second-rounders, which means the Sixers then had 13 second-round picks over those six drafts. So he ran two drafts for the Sixers, he selected five players in the first round, uh, one, three in 2016 and two in 2017. Those players were Ben Simmons, which I've heard some people try to give him credit for the Ben Simmons pick, but when you have the number one pick and there's a player who is clearly the best player, you kind of just pick that guy. Uh, he picked Timotei Luawu cabarro at number 24 and Furkan Korkmaz at 26, He then traded the number three pick in 2017, as well as the Sacramento unprotected 2019 first rounder for the number one pick to Boston in order to draft Markel Fultz. And then the 2020 first rounder acquired from Oklahoma City in the Jeremy Grant trade, Colangelo traded that to Orlando for the 25th pick in 2017, as well as a 2020 second round draft pick for the rights to draft Anjus Pasechniks who I don't know a whole lot about I know he played in Europe last year I think he's kind of a relatively good shooter relatively poor rebounder and defender as a center Um, who knows if that guy's ever going to play here or if he does play here if he ever contributes but those were the five first rounders that he selected And the two second-rounders were Jonah Bolden, who was a very promising player, playing, I believe, in Israel. Uh, There's a good, high likelihood that he will join the team this year and hopefully be a contributor. Very exciting player, super long wingspan, good athlete, could be a stretch four or maybe a small ball five. Uh, There's some promise for him as a three-point shooter, a disruptive defender, a high-energy player. And the other second rounder he drafted was the 50th pick in 2017, Matthias Lassort from France. I don't think he's anywhere close to ready to come over. At best, he'd probably be here for the 2019 season, but again, who knows? Uh, so these following assets I'm about to list. Kendall Marshall, Jeremy Grant, Nerlens Noel, Jaleel Okafor, Nick Stauskas, the 2016 number 1 overall pick, Miami first rounder in 2016, Oklahoma City first rounder in 2016, their 2018 first round pick and Sacramento's I'm sorry, the yeah, the 2018 first round pick, Sacramento's 2019 first round pick and the Knicks 2019 and 2020 second round picks. All of those assets Brian Colangelo turned into Ben Simmons Timotei Luawu-Cabreau, Furkan Korkmaz, Jonah Bolden, Anjas Pasechnik, Justin Anderson, and Markel Fultz. To me, while Ben Simmons obviously is great, like I said, it was a no-brainer, while TLC, Korkmaz, Bolden, Fultz even, who had an unbelievably rough rookie year, there's promise to all those guys, but at this point, It doesn't seem like a great return for all of those assets being given out. And free agent signings for Brian Colangelo. Uh, Jared Bayless, who inexplicably was signed to a three year deal, and that third year is going to hamper the Sixers' cap space this offseason, which means they, in all likelihood, they're going to have to give up another asset in order to get another team to take that contract off their hands. Hopefully, it's not a first round pick but it's quite possible they will have to relinquish a first-round pick to get rid of the Jared Bayless contract for the 2018-19 season. Uh, J.J. Redick, who you know, led to Brian Colangelo getting a lot of credit, but to me there was not a lot of brilliance in this move. He just way overpaid a guy for one year, and now that that year's over, it's a signing that led to no value in the future. Uh, Amir Johnson, same thing, an overpay for one year, and no future value. Um, Ersan Ilyasova and Marco Bellinelli. Ilyasova was a was fine. Um, Bellinelli had his ups and downs. Again, I don't give a ton of credit to Brian Colangelo for these because ultimately what happened is he didn't trade for these guys. He didn't make any masterful moves. They just were bought out by their teams after the trade deadline. They were available to go to any team. And ultimately, those two guys wanted to come to the Sixers and join what was already a good team, primarily built by the general manager who was here before, Brian Colangelo, in the first place. And not to mention Marco Bellinelli killed them in the Boston series because he literally could not defend anybody. I'm not 100% sure he could guard me. Uh, And I am 39 years old and out of shape and haven't shot a basketball in a few years. So that's saying a lot about Marco Bellinelli's defensive ability. Um, And ultimately, Brian Colangelo benefited from the three picks in 2016 in the first round. The Sacramento swap in 2017, which jumped them from five to three. The Sacramento 2019 unprotected first rounder. Those two assets used to acquire Markel Fultz. He benefited from having Jeremy Grant on the roster, Kendall Marshall on the roster, and the 2019 and 2020 Knicks second rounders. Those assets were turned into Simmons, TLC, Korkmaz, Fultz, Pisechnicks, Bolden, and Lasort. I probably said all these already, but I just think it's important that we really go over what did he actually add to this team. Um, But it's important because now that Brian Colangelo is no longer with the team, we have to look at what did he leave behind for the next GM to get this job. Um, He left behind Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Dario Saric, Robert Covington, TJ McConnell, Markel Fultz, Jared Bayless, Rashawn Holmes, Timotei Luau-Cabreau, Furkan Korkmaz, Justin Anderson, Jonah Bolden, Matthias Lasort, Anjas Pasechnik's, the Lakers pick this year, um, the 2018 Sixers pick at 26, the 2018 Brooklyn and Knicks second-round picks at 38 and 39, uh... 2018 Sixers pick at 56, Sixers 2019 first and second rounders, the 2019 Sixers Brooklyn and Sacramento second rounders, the 2020 Sixers Dallas and Brooklyn second rounders, and the 2021 Sixers and Knicks second rounders. Now, it sounds like a lot, but if you look at the most valuable assets, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Dario, Covington, McConnell, the Lakers pick, those were all left here by Sam Hinkey. He inherited those. Um, if you just look at what Brian Colangelo himself is leaving to the next GM, Markel Fultz, who I hope is a future all-star, Jared Bayless, as I said, that contract is going to give them a lot of trouble this offseason, TLC, Korkmaz, who knows what those guys are going to end up being as former first-round picks? Justin Anderson, who was acquired in the Nerlens Noel trade, um, Jonah Bolden, again promising. Matthias Lasort, don't know. Pesicniks, don't know. Um, that's really the Dallas second-round pick in 2020 was also part of the Nerlens Noel trade. Which one of those assets is a prime asset? Which one of those assets has a ton of value? Because to me, it's zero. Because Markel Fultz wouldn't get you a huge return on a trade right now, I don't believe. He'd have to be packaged with other assets in order to get you a decent return. So there's nothing that he did that led to any value to the team this coming year or in the future, unless one of these draft picks happens to pan out. Um To me, it just – the guy did nothing but sit on his hands for two years and waited for this offseason in the hopes that he signed somebody. But that's what he did the last two years. What was Danny Ainge up to the last two years? Because you might say, oh, well, there's only so much you could do in that amount of time. From the time Brian Colangelo was hired on April, I believe, 7th or 8th, 2016 until – now, Danny Ainge took a roster of Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, Jonas Jerebko, Amir Johnson, Jordan Mickey, Kelly Olenek, Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, Isaiah Thomas, James Young, and Tyler Zeller. Decent roster. Back end of the playoffs roster, somewhere between 6 and 8. Uh, he turned that into now Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, Al Horford, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, Aaron Baines, Marcus Morris, Shane Larkin, Shemi Ojale, and Greg Monroe. A roster that, even without two of those guys, was the number two seed in the East, was one game away from representing the the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals, Uh, and they have the Sacramento 2019 pick unprotected, which very likely they will get somewhere between two and five. They have, I believe the the Clippers unprotected sec- first round pick next year. They still have the ability to add a lot to that team. And a lot of that was done during the time that Brian Colangelo was operating the 76ers. One guy has done a masterful job the last two years. The other guy has done literally almost nothing. So what did what did Danny Ainge acquire in the draft? Jalen Brown, number three pick. Jason Tatum, number three pick. Shemi Augelet drafted somewhere, I believe, in the 30s in the second round. Jalen Brown looks like a real player. Jason Tatum looks like a future all-star. Uh, what did he acquire in trades? Kyrie Irving for Jay Crowder, Isaiah Thomas, Ante Zizic, and the number 8 pick in this year's draft went to Cleveland as well as a 2020 second round pick from Miami. They got Kyrie Irving, all-star player. They acquired Marcus Morris for Avery Bradley in a 2019 second. They acquired the Clippers unprotected 2019 first round pick for picks number 31 and 35 in last year's draft. Pretty good trade. And they acquired the 2019 Sacramento unprotected first round pick in the Markel Fultz-Jason Tatum trade. And then free agent signings, he signed Al Horford and Gordon Hayward. Um, like I said, he is far outshined what Brian Colangelo has done in these two years. Um, so now back to Hinky a little bit. The sole reason he is no longer here is because the NBA couldn't handle what was considered quote-unquote bad PR. And the bad PR was solely about wins and losses, a perceived mistreatment of players, a perceived mistreatment of fans, and truly poor behavior by Julia Locafor off the court. Um, so just to answer those things, the Sixers weren't winning anyway. They weren't going to, no matter what they did. Um, the mistreatment of players, a lot of players benefited from Sam Hinkey's tenure. Uh, Joel Embiid might have been rushed back uh, into the lineup, and his career may have been ruined. Luckily, the Sixers exhibited enough patience for him to to take the time needed for his foot to fully heal, and obviously the Sixers are reaping the rewards of that. Second team, all NBA. Second team, all defense. Uh, I a starter in the All-Star game, I assume all of those things are going to be – he's going to be staples on all of those teams in the future. Also, a lot of people forget Joel Embiid's younger brother, who was 13 or 14 years old, died, and Sam Hinkie was there to support him through that. He still credits Hinky for that, and I think he'll always support Sam Hinkie for being there during that time in his life. Uh, Robert Covington benefited from Sam Hinkie's tenure. T.J. McConnell benefited from Sam Hinkie's tenure. Luke Baumute, Dwayne Dedman, every guy who was drafted in the second round and undrafted that got to play actual NBA minutes and receive NBA paychecks benefited from Sam's time here. Um, and the fans seemed pretty happy with the end result. 52-win uh, team last year. Uh, one of the greatest, well, one of the best up-and-coming young rosters in the league. But unfortunately, everybody thinks everything is supposed to happen immediately. Sam Hinkey said this was a three- to five-year rebuild. We are now, I believe, just at the five-year mark of when Sam Hinkey was hired. So less than five years after he was hired, they were a 50-win team and won a round in the playoffs. So... To me, there's no greater proof of his success, and it still pisses me off that he's not here to reap the benefits of it and to build upon what he had already built. Two years of what he built just got flushed down the toilet um, because of the Colangelos. So now let's go to what the Colangelo PR issues are. Uh, They were panned for having no search for a GM after Hickey left, and— Nepotism reigning supreme and his Jerry Colangelo's son just being put in charge. Uh, leaks about Nerlens Noel, uh, the Jaleel Okafor trade debacle where he was sat out of the lineup and reports were leaked that a trade was imminent and it never happened. Um, the Not to mention those two players, Nerlens and Okafor, were both picked in the top six of their draft. Nerlens, before his injury, was the consensus number one player. Julia Okafor, before the rise of Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell, was the consensus number one player in that class. And he allowed, he held on to them for so long that he allowed their value to sink to nothing. Uh, the deception about Joel Embiid's meniscus injury last year, uh, the deception about Ben Simmons' foot injury last year. Deception about Markel Fultz' injury all year this year uh, ultimately led to leading to the burner account scenario, which was the biggest debacle in probably the last five or six years in the NBA. Um, This guy was billed as a man of action who was going to take us to the next phase, and really he just sat around and waited and waited and waited for this offseason to sign a free agent while his biggest rival was continuing to add talent every year. Um, there's really basically nothing of value to show. For his tenure as GM, obviously, the even if the Markel Fultz thing works out and he becomes an all-star, I think the best-case scenario at this point is he becomes as good as Jason Tatum, and Boston got another high-level first-round pick out of that deal. Um And unfortunately, he kind of put the future of this team solely on the shoulders of this summer because he just sat here and hoped that one of these star players is going to sign here. There's no guarantee of that. So we're sitting here waiting, we're hoping that something great happens this offseason. There's no guarantee of that. Um, That leads me to what is next. As I said, they have arguably the best, most promising young roster in the NBA. They have a coach who, despite some issues locally, uh, is incredibly well-respected across the league, among players and coaches and the media. Uh, Obviously, a GM has to be signed at some point this offseason. They need to find a GM, or they need to sign a GM, for a reason bigger than just signing LeBron James. Because if you sign somebody and they don't sign LeBron James, which I think even if they are considered the favorite, I don't think signing LeBron is the most likely outcome this offseason. So if you don't get LeBron, now you're left with a guy whose highest value is already behind you. So I think they need to hire a forward-thinking GM who will know how to preserve what they already have while keeping the future healthy or hopefully making it even more healthy than it already is. I don't want David Griffin or just some other name who's been a GM for another team. I don't want to make a sideways move. The guy I want the most is Mike Zarin because I want to chip away a little bit from Boston's front office. Um, I would love it if they got uh, Sachin Gupta because he was a Hinky disciple when Hinky was here he played a big part in a lot of Hinky's well-known, successful trades. Uh, I would love for Sam himself to come back, although I know that will never happen. And I wouldn't hate it if they went with maybe a Trajan Langdon or a Shane Battier, a younger guy who played in the league who maybe is braced for the future of how to build an NBA team. Um, there obviously are many other names that will probably be floated around. Those are not the only good candidates. But those are the guys I'm personally most interested in, uh, and I think roster-wise, they it's imperative to acquire players who can compete and contribute on both ends of the floor. Three and D wing players are essential. Shot creators are essential. That to me is the those are the two biggest needs for this team this year. As you saw in the Boston series, they didn't have enough players who could play defense. And Boston found mismatches to exploit almost every time down the floor. And shot creators, basically if the threes aren't falling, they have no real offense to speak of other than Joel Embiid post-ups, and he needs help. So they need other guys who can create offense for the team. Um, Now the draft is going to be one week from... The, the moment this podcast is being released. At number 10, this is not going to be the most comprehensive list, but the guys I'm most interested in at number 10, in no particular order, uh, McCall Bridges, Lonnie Walker, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and Zaire Smith, I think any one of those guys will fit the bill of what the Sixers are looking for. And at 26, uh, the names that come to mind, again, not a comprehensive list in no particular order. Kyrie Thomas, Josh Akagi, Jacob Evans, D'Anthony Melton. Um, just whatever you do, please don't draft Grayson Allen. I do not want him here. Please don't. Um, now, I don't want anyone to ever forget that the NBA, Adam Silver, Scott O'Neill, and the Colangelos hijacked our team. It's our team. It is not theirs. I believe that the pressure put on them by Sixers fans on Twitter was the start of us taking the Sixers back. Uh, So thank you to everyone who made that nine days of the Burner scandal so much fun, so entertaining. Uh, Thank you for getting to the bottom of the scandal so the organization couldn't weasel their way out of firing him. So, yeah, Ben Dietrich, thank you for writing the piece. Uh, Thank you to Legs for doing a lot of that detective work and everyone else on Twitter who kind of came to the conclusion that his wife played a big part in it. Um, Yeah, I think the last two years, the Sixers have, at best, kind of stood pat, and the only improvement made was based on previous acquisitions just getting on the floor and getting better. Nothing really of value has been added. I think that's a shame because there is a chance that the Sixers' future has kind of regressed a little bit as Boston's has progressed. Um, But there is time still to fix it. There is time to make up for what was lost in the last two years. And hopefully Brett Brown, the front office, and whoever the next GM is, I hope they are ready to take this team into the future and get us to where Sam Hinkie said he was trying to get us, which is the promised land of the NBA Finals, hoisting Larry O'Brien trophy, standing outside going crazy at a parade down Broad Street, this time for the Sixers instead of the Eagles. Um, I'm excited for the draft. I'm excited for free agency. I'm excited to hear all the news and rumors coming out, coming out about our possible future GM. And... I'm hopeful and optimistic for the future. And the last thing I'll say, the process is very important to me, not just from a Sixers point of view, but because really it's ultimately a mindset that can help you with every aspect of your life, as opposed to just doing doing things based on past results. It really challenges you to look at the decisions you make, the thought that goes into them, and the process of getting to the best decision. And when you can have a sound process for decision-making, it will lead you to making more sound decisions, which will then lead to better results. It won't always lead to the best result, but your likelihood of reaching the best results for yourself are astronomically increased when you have smart, sound decision-making processes in place. So I am developing my own process. Obviously I'm in the process of of improving it all the time. I hope all of you can learn something from the process that maybe some people don't know why you're putting your efforts in to this thing or that thing. And ultimately three or four years down the line, maybe it leads you to the career you've always wanted, or, you know, maybe it leads you into a really great marriage or it leads you to buying your dream house Whatever those things may be Find your own process for decision making To enhance the rest of your life The way Sam Hinkey enhanced the life Of the Philadelphia 76ers organization That is all I have this time I will probably be back with another Sixers podcast At some time in the next month uh, So that's it I am Ron Paschery And I will talk to you next time
1: you